you know, many, many companies can get to a million dollars just through grit, brute force, hard work, you know, sacrifice, but you can't continue to run a company that way, pulling all of this brilliance out of his head. And I said, Chet, we've got to get this systematized. We've got to create, you know, all of this documentation and training so mm-hmm. we can then turn around and train the coaches to be, to be brilliant masters of what you have proven to work so well mm-hmm. for companies. Becoming a master is not about doing 4,000 things. It's about doing 12 things 4,000 times. The Ultimate Sales Machine presents the CEO Mastery Show for entrepreneurs looking to grow faster, better, smarter. Well, I had to, I had to bring Stephanie here because she learned the Dream 100 like directly from my father back in the day when, when there was nobody there and there was no ultimate sales machine and nobody knew who my father was, right? And he was just trying to make it happen. And the fact that you were able to be a part of systematizing what he did yeah. that was great to then scale so that we could have hundreds of people be trained on his methodology and serve hundreds of thousands of businesses. It really, your stroke of genius was what my father needed on that back end. So I've brought her from the behind the scenes. You know, she's normally not in front of them. So I'm so I great. like to stay back here. <laughs> But your stroke of genius is so good that I had to. I had to because I was thinking about all the people that are watching these and enjoying them. And and yeah, they just needed to hear from you. So thank no. you for being okay with jumping out in front of everybody and, and answering some of my questions. Well, you're so kind. I don't think it was my stroke of genius. I think it was really just the privilege of being able to work with your dad and just being there at the time, um, you know, really at the grassroots level of CHI. You know, because obviously he'd done a tremendous amount of work and worked with thousands and thousands of companies leading up to that. But him recognizing that he was the one that was doing it all. He was the one that was bringing all of his brilliance. And I think that I just had such a wonderful opportunity to work with him, you know, directly and to go, Chet, we need to pull your brilliance out and the impact that you've had in all these companies. And let's teach others to do what you've proven to be such an amazing, you know, model for so many. Uh, and so that I, was, I love it. And for everybody that's listening right now, what, what we're really going to cover over this, you know, next 30 minutes is just that scaling proponent. You know, how do you duplicate yeah. yourself? How do you grow beyond, you know, someone can like work so hard to get to that million dollar point And then, you, what got you to yeah. that million is not going to get you to the five million mark, right? right. You need people. You need other others that going that are going to run with you. So, um, and I love how when you were in your twenties uh, training all of these amazing fifty-year-old men on sales training, they're kind of just looking at you like, <laughs> "What is this?" And then my father being able to steal you away and recruit you over to CHI. What? what, how did that look as far as systematizing, um, systematize, like, how did you systematize? Can you just kind of give me an idea of what it looked like when you were starting? Maybe you talk, how often did you talk to my father and then how did it branch out? Well, first of all, you have a really good point, which is people, you know, many, many companies can get to a million dollars just through grit, brute force, hard work, 
you know, sacrifice, but you can't continue to run a company that way. And, and one thing that I learned, you know, from my own experience and from, you know, working with your father is that scalability is so important and what it takes to scale. And so much of that is to, you know, do you want to do all the work yourself and be self-employed? And that's okay if that's what you want. But if what you want is a business that can run without you, that allows you to take a vacation, that allows you to step away and not have everything fall apart, then you have to scale. And that's a different skill set than just the, 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 the mastery that you might have in your trade or your service or your product or what you do. You now need to put the skill set hat on as a as a business owner and build those skills as a business owner. And so when we were at the grassroots level of CHI, you know, again, you and I have talked about this, you know, I, one of the things that I didn't quite realize at the time uh, was such a gift was my ability to work with your dad on, you know, two, three, four hours a week you know, one-on-one where I was pulling all of this brilliance out of his head. And I said, Chet, we've got to get this systematized. We've got to create, you know, all of this documentation and training so Mm -hmm. we can then turn around and train the coaches to to be brilliant masters of what you have proven to work so well for companies and so uh, so powerfully for companies so you know your dad and i would get on a call and um you know we, we weren't using zoom at the time right I don't yeah. even know zoom even existed i'm starting <laughs> to age myself um but uh well tell me we, tell me about these this mastery the levels of mastery can you go into that yeah so you know one of the, again one of the things that i i your father would talk a lot about was mastery you know one of the one of the quotes that your father shares that i think has resonated with so many people is that it's not about doing four thousand things but it's about doing twelve thousand or twelve things four thousand times you know and he got that from his karate days right and that's what he learned and so you know one of the first steps of mastery and this is really applies to the dream 100 because as people are uh you know you have created an amazing just set of tools and what you're making available to everybody. And, you know, to do an effective dream 100, to create an effective best buyer strategy, you can't tip your toe in it. You've got to really master the process. It is a methodical formulaic process. That's so critical to implement. You don't need to come in and feel like you have to bring in your own ideas, just, follow the process. And what I've seen, what you've made available as deliverables for so many people, um, just follow the process. Yeah. And so, you know, the, as far as mastery goes, when you talk about the levels of mastery, um, you know, the first thing is repetition, which goes to the, that quote around, you know, doing 12 things 4,000 times, you know, repetition is truly the mother of skill. And so, really understanding um, now where does that where does that fall in with the dream 100 where that falls in with the dream 100 is the repetition around uh, the training of your sales team you know mm-hmm. getting your your sales reps to practice and role play and own what they're gonna say how they're gonna say it you know you can't just hand a script over to a salesperson and go there you go you're good right you've got to train them relentlessly um, and just like what we did with the coaches, you know, we had certification training that we took coaches through on, you know, a dream 100 strategy. Um, and we, we created case scenarios and we practiced through those and we worked together as a team to really understand 
how, you know, how to do this and then turn around and then support our clients. So Mm -hmm. that's the first step is it's repetition. And the second one, you know, that we've talked about for a long time is immersion. You know, if you're going to learn a language, you could study it in a book, or you could, if you want to learn French, go, you can't do it right now, but you could, you know, go to France, live in France and, you know, live there for six months. You're going to catch on so much more because you've immersed yourself in the culture. You know, you're not, you know, the French language is not, you know, just understanding the verbs, you know, and the, the conjugation of a verb. It's about understanding the culture, you know, and when it applies to the Dream 100, you know, understanding, um, you know, immersing yourself and and learning the full strategy of a Dream 100. Immerse yourself in this material and really understanding what that is. And I think the bigger one is, is, and the third step is you model after the masters. Model after the people that have done it before you, you know, model. And that's what you're giving everybody right now. You're saying here, step one, step two, step three, step four, this is it. It's available to you, just follow it. So you don't have to think out of the box to do it. Just follow the steps. I love that because it's so interesting. How, how many times do we hear that someone says, oh, I did that and it worked. And then they never yeah. go back to it. It's like, and no, they that never go back to it. That's where it becomes a policy, right? It becomes the procedure. You are the queen of the three P's, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cause well, and the, the, the three P's are so critical and, and that's the part because, you know, they say the devil's in the details, right? That it's the details that, uh, that are so critical that take the brain space that a lot of times people don't want to stop, you know, because as business owners, we're reactive to the emails, to the clients, to, you know, serving, 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 reacting to our staff, reacting to what's going on, reacting to the day to day that we, if we don't get intentional around taking the time to, you know, as your dad would say, work on the business. If you're not intentional around taking your time around building those things, then your business will not grow. You have to take the time to develop uh, the um, and standardize the way that your business operates. And it go, again, this goes back, same thing with the Dream 100. Would you like to double the size of your company in the next 12 months flat? Take 30 seconds to answer our quiz on the ultimate sales machine and what's holding you back from growth. The reason is, is because 95% of businesses will never make it to a million in annual sales. Of that, 0.08% of those will reach 5 million. Of that, 1.5% will ever reach 10 million and 0.004% will ever reach 100 million and beyond. See, in most cases, it's not about your product or service. It is the skills it takes to grow your business. Based on the ultimate sales machine written by my father, Chet Holmes, voted in the top 10 most recommended marketing and sales books of all time. We can help you get there. All it takes is focusing on one skill area that can double your sales if you have the pig-headed discipline and determination to do so. So be pig-headed. Go ahead and answer those five questions on our survey to understand how you can create your ultimate sales machine. Answer these five questions at howtodoublesales.com. As you're talking about the implementation of this, you know, as entrepreneurs, we like to chase the shiny penny, right? We like to chase, you know, what's the next silver bullet? What's the next fun thing that, you know, what's that new new thing that's out there? We got to get down to the foundational elements, you know, get back to the basics around so much of this. And, and when I've seen, and I think that, 
you know, let's talk about the mistakes that people have made, because I've seen it, you know, happen over and over again, that when clients go to implement, you know, a strategy like this, you know, hands down, this is a long term strategy, right? You and you know it, I know it, it is a long term strategy. Is it like, I'm going to make this decision, and I'm going to get results tomorrow or a week from now, this is, uh, it's a methodical process. And so, um, when you're in that creation mode, it's exciting, it's fun, you're inspired, it's, you know, it's like something new. But then you're getting into like month two, month three, that is absolutely the most critical time that you continue to lean in, that you continue to do the work. Now, so what do you do to make sure? Well, you've got some of that stuff there. You've got, you know, examples of marketing calendars, examples of strategic plans, examples of, you know, all the things to set that up. And the more that you have that set up, those are the people that succeed because they got it. They have their six months laid out. They know what they're going to send. They know what medium they're going to use. They know what the message is going to be. They have that all prepared up front. And the beautiful thing is, is once you do it once, you know, anything when you're creating anything, it takes a little bit longer. It takes yeah. more brain space. It takes more time. But then once you have it created, then when you do it again, it takes half the time and you do it again and it takes a third of the time. And so all of that creation also lends itself to, you know, future, you know, uh, future implementations of the dream 100. Cause if you're only doing it once and you only do it for six months, you are doing yourself a massive disservice. I mean, I just think back to one of my first interviews was with Carrie Warburg Block of uh, Earthkind. And she said that she's yes. grown her sales 40% year over year for the last decade by keeping the Dream 100 and never letting off the throttle. Like she has like, just. 40. So I want, like, if anyone's listening, 40% year over year for a decade. And because she's implemented the Dream 100, she just never stopped. Right. So that's somebody that's so perfect that just said, I'm going to follow your method. I'm going to follow the model. And this is where, you know, this is what she's got. Like, this is how she's grown her business. And I, I remember her. I remember yeah. when she was at Business Mastery. Yeah. Yeah. She's come such a long way. I mean, 10 million units she's sold now. I think also it's really interesting because, so you were there, right? When my father started creating his first products and he's training people on how to do this yeah. material. And then people would have... Some success, and then they taper off. So you being the head of, you know, coaching it with Chet Holmes, you know the power of even having somebody that holds your feet to the fire. Can you yeah. can you talk about that for a moment? Because everything that you had just said, like, do you still have the momentum in the third month and the fourth month? Like, that's where you started creating your whole training, right, to assist yeah. the clients to actually implement, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, because it's easy to get distracted. It's, it, and it's funny, it's, it's like when you go on a diet, and I'm not a big fan of diets, I, I much prefer a lifestyle. But you know, it's like going on a diet, and you're, you lose, you know, let's say you lose 10 pounds. And then all of a sudden, that donut, you know, that donut sitting there, and, and you decide to eat the donut, and then you decide to eat a piece of pizza, and then you decide to eat the macaroni and cheese, right? And it, it's just kind of like, you get this success under your belt, yeah. And then, you know, and you feel great and you're, you feel healthier and you feel stronger. And then we get distracted and we just stop doing what works. 
you know, it's about having like the success routines in the morning, you know, what, what does your morning look like to get your day started? What, you know, it's, it's, everything is around, you know, you got to look at what are the choices that you make that's going to give you, you know, the success. And sometimes we start having those, those successes and then we just, we, we veer away from it because we allow distractions to get in the way. Mm. And so I mean, I think that was really the, such a powerful part. And it's why I still coach to this day is because we're outside looking in. We're always giving that outside perspective because anytime that we're working with a client, we're not an employee. We are working on the outside end. So we always have a way of looking outside and looking at the whole picture. We're not in the forest, look, you know, look, you know, in the forest, you know, looking through the trees, right? We're, right. we're able to look at So we're able to give that different objectivity. Um, then, and it, that even happens in my own business. I get coached in my own business because it's hard for me sometimes to see those things, those obstacles. Um, I mean, I think we all need coaches. You look at, um, um, uh, what is it? Tiger Woods, right? One used to be one of the best golfers in the, in the, in the world. And he had four coaches at that time and he was number one. I mean, you don't get better than that. You need a coach. I even think, so this last week has been just a wild ride of the dream 100. It's launching. All these things are happening, right? I'm sleeping. Not at all. And, and I talked to Kim Walsh Phillips, who I just absolutely adore. I've, I've met her on clubhouse and she called me out. She is a, I mean, just a great coach. She, I had a conversation with her and she's like, you're launching the dream 100. I'm like, yep. In 48 hours, I will start my launch, my pre-launch. And she goes, and you haven't reached out to Russell Brunson. And I'm like, nope. I thought that, you know, I'd launch it and I'd test it out. And then eventually I'd reach out to him. She's like, Amanda, that is a huge mistake. What are you doing? You need to go and reach out to Russell. And I'm like, you sure? (laughs) You think so? And I'm like, oh. Uh, okay. So within 24 hours, what happened within 24 hours, right? I got, I got Dave Woodward to say yes to an interview. I reach out to Russell and say, Hey, I got Dave as an interview. Will you, can I interview you by Monday? I'm on a Facebook live with him. Bada bing, bada bam, right? Bada bing, bada bam. Yeah. Coach, you know, coach pushed me and I'm like, Oh, that's right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that, you know, that's what a coach is going to do is they're going to, they're going to push, they're going to push past the challenge or the obstacle. They're going to get, you know, that's what we do. We get clients to think outside of, you know, what's in front of them, you know, the limitations that they might be seeing, the things that are distracting them, help them reprioritize and focus. And I think, you know, again, as with the Dream 100, you know, if you're, if you're going to launch a successful Dream 100, you have to stay the course. Because if you send, you know, if you, if you email, do any social media, send out lumpy mail, whatever that might be. And you have this whole strategy and you do it for two months and then you skip a month. All of that was for naught because you're, what you're doing in a dream 100 is to create value and, and build top of mind awareness with your potential partners or clients or whomever you're reaching out to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that consistency and that momentum is so critical throughout the process. Mm-hmm. And I think as you know, as we talk about, you know, that method, the, the methodical approach, uh, you know, thinking through all the way to if somebody, you know, like, what are your sales people going to say? Like, what does the follow-up look like? Even down to the follow-up, you know, down to if somebody, to, if somebody calls inbound from one of your strategies, if you call outbound, what are you going to say? How are you going to say it? Having everything laid out step-by-step is so important and it will help you keep that momentum going because you're not stopping going, oh, what do we do now? 
you know, you have everything laid out and you, and, and it's that commitment to just keep doing it and being really committed, you know, go the discipline, right? What your yeah. dad used to say about it, uh, of all of the people I've talked to hundreds of thousands of people, you know, at, at times about Chet Holmes and, um, that's probably one of the biggest things that people will say that they remember he said was that pig-headed discipline and determination. I mean, we when we were prepping for this, right, we kind of talked about what it takes to keep a team on track and to train them how to operate in the most efficient way possible. And still to this day, every time I write an important email, I think of my father's techniques on email, right? Okay, email yes. etiquette. I mean, you just <laughs> change that subject. You can't let that one go. Yeah. <laughs> so for uh, what she's referring to for everyone that's listening, it's um, so how many times do you write an email and then you change what you're talking about in the email, but the subject line stays the same. So then you can't find it when you're trying to go back and look for it. And how many times I wasn't even in the company, but I would see on a regular basis, him saying, you did not change the email subject line, <laughs> change email subject and line. In, and in big cat, like big All letters. Cats. <laughs> <laughs> actually had to turn off caps lock on his computer because he wrote too many emails in caps lock. I mean, let's be I was honest. the recipient of many of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, I mean, the, to think, so I, I'm, I'm, I would love to hear your feedback on this. Like a CEO that thinks, oh, if I've just told my team to do this, they'll understand because this is what I do versus what they think is what you should do. Like what, what's reasonable to, I don't know. Can you, can you, can you ride this home for like what a CEO should think about when training their, their staff uh, on, on anything really? Oh, you've touched about, uh, this is a very passionate subject for me. Uh, You know, because, because training is uh, one of the most underutilized things in the SMB space, especially it's one of the most underutilized things. And most people see training as a one-time process, a one-time event, but it's not, it's a process. Oh. And, and uh, when people, uh, and, and here's the, here's the thing too, that I think is so important is that there is a difference between education and training. And I think a lot of what companies do is they educate their staff, they educate their team. Uh, they might dab a little bit in the training, but what's the difference? Education is the transfer of knowledge, right? It's, it's sharing of information. It's updating on the industry. It might be even sharing a new script. It might be, you know, talking about some updates on a product. It might be talking about your competition. Like that's all information sharing. Is it important? hundred percent. It's very important, you know, to take, to make sure that everybody is up to date with what needs to happen and, and sharing that information and, you know, having product knowledge and, but training, if you want to train your, your staff, you want to train your salespeople, that's around skill development. Training is that application of what you learn. So if you want to train your, if you want to create um, which sounds a little bit oxymoronic, but sustainable change. If you want to sustain the improvement, and you're again, your dad talked a lot about this. Yes, you can't just do it once, because what happens is you do it once. People will adapt a little bit. They'll 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 take a little bit of it away, but they go back and they get caught up in their day to day, and they they get back. People will t- we're lazy. We like to go back to what we know. 
especially when we're under pressure and stress. We like to go back to what we're comfortable with and what we know. So how do you, so the idea is, is how do you get somebody comfortable with something new? Repetition, you train over and over and over again, and you have them practice it. I talk about, you know, you get it into your bones. It becomes a part of you. Uh, when, when I used to work for AT&T way back when, um, you know, we used to do a, 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 a qualification. We'd have these qualification questions and they would train us relentlessly. AT&T was amazing on their training. And I still, to this day, 30 years later, still remember in, out, and across. Ask clients about what calls come into your business, the calls that go between your business and the calls that go out of your business. That is ingrained in my brain, right? The idea of the different, you know, like we talk about, um, we haven't really touched on that, but I also created something called power phrases um, with, uh, with our coaches. And I wrote down some wonderful, uh, uh, just brilliant things because your dad was a true artist. And one thing that he was so great with was his words and how compelling he was in the way that he spoke and the copy that he wrote, the plays that he wrote, the songs that he wrote. He was a true artist. And so as coaches, and I think even clients, as we're trying to get our arms wrapped around some of these concepts to effectively implement them into the business, you know, trying to explain a concept like the Dream 100 or trying to explain a concept like education-based marketing, you know, for somebody new, it might, you know, you might go, trying to use it in your own words might take you five, 10 minutes and the client is still looking at you going, what did they just say? What was it? I, I kind of think I know. Or you could say, which, you know, I actually typed this up because this is what I used to give to the coaches is, um, you know, around market data is that, you know, mar market data is more powerful than product data, that people are more motivated to avoid pain than they ever will to gain pleasure. And that, how long did it take that two, two sentences? Yeah. Dad would, and I, and so I would take these things, I'd have post-it notes all over when I first started working with your dad. I'd have them on my wall, I'd have my computer monitor, I'd have them all up because these little statements that your dad was saying, like, oh my God, that's so good. <laughs> that's so good. And I would write it down. And then I thought, why keep this to myself? All the coaches need to know this. Great. Because if you can just say a few sentences that can shift the way somebody's thinking, then um, and and not have to go, you know, like you just have a way that they can just go, oh, got it. I totally understand why that's powerful now. I totally understand why that works. You know, it's the same thing with the Dream 100 strategy, that there's a smaller number of ideal buyers than all buyers, right? That it's just those things of really understanding why do you go after a smaller group of 100 versus mass marketing to thousands? Where do you think is the biggest place that CEOs mess up when they've gotten the traction, they've gotten the success, and they're trying to grow it bigger than themselves. Where do you think that they they falter most? Well, I think it's similar to what I said before, which is I think that they get distracted and they get reactive. And when we are in reactive mode, you know, I'm sure you've had it. I know I've had it. Every single client I've ever worked with has had it is where you're there, there are those days where you're active and doing stuff all day. And then you get to the end of the day and you look back after 12 hours and go, what did I just do? And what did I do for my business to grow my business? And so the, the power in being intentional and deliberate around how we, you know, how we determine what our calendars look like, where we're going to prioritize our t attention and, 
you know, and having a strategy around, you know, what it is that we want to accomplish. And I think as, um, you know, as we look to scale or as you look to implement, you know, something like this tool, I think that, you know, the mistake that we have is, is we may make some progress and then we allow those distractions to pull us away from the progress. And then a month goes by, two months go by. You know what I find out most of the time, I'll follow up with my clients that I haven't worked with in a while. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I'll check in with them six months later and they haven't made much progress since we did work together. Ah. And, and part of that, and, and, and I've, I've found this so many times in, in, in talking with coaches that, that same feedback. And I think part of that is, is again, that's where, that's where coaching can be so powerful. That's why you know, a mentor can be powerful. Somebody that's kind of giving you that guidance on the outside uh, and, and to consistently work on our discipline. I think discipline is so important because as a business owner, we don't have anyone that we're necessarily accountable to. We're the top. We're the mm-hmm. owner of the company. We're the CEO, the owner, the entrepreneur. And so uh, it's the discipline to do the things that we need to do to get the results that we're looking for. And I just see so many people that stay in that reactive space. And uh, when, you know, when you're reactive, yeah, you got to handle the day-to-day stuff. You got to serve your clients. But I think also um, there's the opportunity of, you know, how, how do you do that to scale? Cause it can't all fall back on you cause you'll become a bottleneck. So utilizing resources, leveraging resources, uh, you know, bringing on more people to take on so you can stay within what I refer to as your zone of genius, you know, you know, to do what you're so brilliant at that only you can do. And then delegating and creating the, the, the standards and processes for other people to do the work um, that you don't have to have your fingers in. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, I think, uh, I think that's why this phrase was so powerful for so many people, which was the pig headed discipline determination. You've mm-hmm. got to be determined, you've got to be disciplined. Uh, and you, and in order to, to implement on the things that you need to implement on and to focus on the things that are going to grow your business and get your business to where you really want it to be. And, you know, and, I, and again, that's where coaching can be so powerful because a coach is going to remind you and keep you focused, laser focused on those things that are going to get you results. And when you start to, to you know, when you start to veer off, mm. we're going to bring you back. And, and so whomever that might be for you, um, it's, I think it's so critical to have that person that can hold you accountable to those goals that you have. So you don't right. get distracted. If you, if you do training, like you invest in a training program or, um, you know, you go out and you go to a seminar or whatever that, um, your level of productivity, um, on average increases about 22%. But when you combine what you're learning, you combine the training and you add a coach to that, it increases your productivity up to 400%. Which is dramatic. Dramatic. Ugh. Stephanie, it has been such a delight. Thank you. Thanks, Amanda. If you would like to have a profound breakthrough in your business, talk to our team live by visiting chetholmes.com forward slash breakthrough. Good advice is contextual. Get your answers at chetholmes.com forward slash breakthrough. Subscribe for more videos. Claim your free chapter four of the ultimate sales machine. This chapter helps you get nine times more impact from every move you make. Visit ultimatesalesmachine.com.
This has been the CEO Mastery Podcast, brought to you by The Ultimate Sales Machine.